listeners and welcome to Subject ACT. I'm Nathan Gubler and we're going to be talking about um, really the topic on everyone's lips at the moment, the Australian Marriage Law Postal Survey as it's called at the moment. And um, on the line I have Todd Child. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Oh, you're not coming through the... Can you just... Uh, yeah, are you coming through there? Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, excellent. We can hear you now. Welcome to Subject ACT, Todd. Cheers, thanks for having me. So, um, Todd, uh, first, can you tell us a bit about your support for LGBTI uh, rights in general? Sure. Um, I'm absolutely for marriage equality. I'm, uh, every uh, My opinion is that uh, human rights are human rights are human rights, and the LGBTI community fall under that. Um, so every, I, I'm straight, and I happen to have rights, and it's not fair that I mean, we have to go through this whole vote and opinion and and their community has to fight for a right that I already have. Mm. And that's sort of my opinion that we are should have all of the, the same rights and it's it's almost silly that we have to um treat treat a community as others and different and, and force them to fight for something that we already have. Mm. So, um, obviously, we're getting on to what um, differentiates you from um, a lot of campaigns at the moment in that you're uh, choosing to not participate in the uh, postal survey. Can you uh, elaborate as to why? Sure. So, related to that, three, I can distill it down to three things. One, um, the vote itself, the opinion poll, um, signifies that I, as a person, have the right to vote for another person's rights. And I don't fundamentally see how, how human rights can work like that. Mm. I don't believe that the majority should vote on minorities' rights. They should just, we should all just have the They should be a given. For just, yeah, they should yeah. be a given. Yeah. Um, and especially because the majority in this case, you know, hetero people, never had to fight for their rights. Mm. It, it, it's an insult to the LGBTI community. I'm um, related to that, is that this opinion poll sets a, a scary precedent because, one, it sets up the idea that we can now vote on whatever LGBTI rights down the, down the line. Mm. What, the, the, the government can then decide that instead of having to actually do their job, we can throw it to uh, the, the, the public masses to decide what rights they do or do not have. And do you think there'd be a pre sorry? Do you think there'd be a precedent for like other things, like say, I don't know, uh, postal plebiscite on a treaty uh, with Aboriginal people? Like, is this just well, opening the floodgates to all sorts of rights yeah. that are just going to public opinion? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. This does not make any sense because this is their job. This is what we pay the politicians to do. That's what they do. They legislate. They pick one issue, and unfortunately, it's LGBTI rights, hmm. and they've thrown it to the masses, and it's not something that we should have the right. Like, as people, we should just all have the rights. It's not up to me. I mean, I, I'm not any more special than and someone in the LGBTI community. And, and you're right. They, they could then just decide any piece of legislation that's too tricky, they can then just throw it to the public and say it was a, it's in the too hard basket. They're mm. not doing their job. Mm. Um, so what um, do you think that, because the majority of lobby groups, there was a lot of speculation as to what um, they would be doing. Um, I'm talking about uh, Australian marriage equality, for instance, the movement there, also Labor and the Greens. They're all supporting a yes vote. Um, do you think they're fundamentally mistaken or... Um, or, or is this, I don't know, are there grey areas in this? Uh, look, you, yeah, there are some grey areas. Mm. I think we all sort of look at this, this really crap situation and we all want the same thing. We all want marriage equality. And I think a lot of people 
feel backed into a corner and they feel like this is it that they're, they're forced to have to go through with this mm. in my opinion is like we're being asked for our opinion which will then relate uh, would then cause some form of legislation that we have never seen before we have no idea what it's going to say and mm, yeah it would be naive to think that the conservative people who wanted this postal vote wouldn't then write that legislation like i i personally feel i couldn't vote for something i've never seen before and i would feel responsible it, good or bad but it could potentially be bad if it's written by the conservatives and i don't feel comfortable putting my name to something like that mm. um i had a question about um I, it seems to me that um some of the motivation behind getting behind the yes vote has been that uh, a no vote victory might potentially legitimize and embolden violence a bit a bit similar to what we saw with the election of donald trump a lot of um neo-nazis and we've seen that uh just recently uh, a lot of emboldening of far-right groups um do you, do you see that as a risk uh no um yeah, a lot of people have said this, that if you are for marriage equality, you should vote yes. If you're not, you should vote no, and there's no in between. And I don't see that. Like, mm. I want marriage equality, but I refuse to to see someone else and see someone else's rights as uh, inferior to mine. So, I mean, marriage equality is like a like a rolling stone. That's what, how progress works. Mm. It's always going to keep moving forward. And if it gets voted down, no. Who knows? Maybe maybe some of the um, the libs will cross the floor. Maybe they'll get kicked out of the next election. We'll have it, and we won't have to yeah. like go through this fast. Mm -hmm. But at least we don't need to pretend that we have rights over other people. Um, I, I, well, they just reminded me of um, the the history of the Republican movement, for instance. A lot of talk about the mm -hmm. inevitability of that. A um, hundred years since, well, more than a hundred years since, um, the Republic is still as elusive as ever. Um, yeah. But do you, do you see as the, this vote, um, you know, would a yes victory? Would that be uh, one step closer at all, or do you think it's just a total farce? Well, I mean, Malcolm Temple said the postal vote for the the Re Republican movement was an, an yeah. idiotic idea. Yeah. So uh, I can't imagine. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm for a republic, but doing it in such a, a stupid way doesn't. It's not going to like this vote was put in to undermine marriage equality yeah. that's it. it it's done as just to stop people from getting their rights sure um is there because uh when when the postal plebiscite was a goer um there was it seemed more of a 50 50 split in, in like from my perspective whether um campaigners will back yes or back a boycott is there still much yeah, support yeah. for a boycott uh, it almost seems like, especially overnight since I've been reading, reading the news, that it seems like more people are, are falling towards the yes. Mm. And I personally, personally, I don't have a problem with it. It's just that I cannot pull my, I, I can't tell myself that I can contribute to a poll that is, it, the whole premise is that I have a right over someone else. Mm. So it's great that people are like, it's great that we're getting active and, and it seems like there's a lot lot more support for the yes than the no mm. i mean that that's fantastic mm. um like i said i think it just comes down to we all want marriage equality i personally see it getting it in a different way mm. and i suppose um a lot of the people backing yes um are saying they're not legitimizing the question of marriage equality but this is more a strategic move but 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 by acting on that vote do you think that is a form of legitimization even though they say uh, to the contrary yeah, well, that's why I'm not. That's why I'm abstaining. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah.
Yeah. Um, Todd, uh, thanks so much for speaking to us. We're going to move on to a, another guest, but um, uh, great to hear um, yeah, more different, diverse opinions on this, yeah. uh, on this issue. Um, and obviously, I think, I think the boycott, there is more support out there than um, I guess the mainstream media might lend itself and all the lobby groups as well seem to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks, thanks for speaking to us on Subject ACT. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, and we're going to play a little bit more of Arsenic and Old Lace, and then I'm going to be speaking to Kevin Borum from the ANU College of Law. Stay tuned for more on Subject ACT. Kevin, are you there? Yeah. Oh, hey. How's it going? Uh, welcome to Subject ACT. Kevin Borum from ANU College of Law. Uh, hi, how are you? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Um, so uh, we're talking about the Australian Marriage Law Postal Survey. Um, can you talk a bit about your, um, just briefly, your support for LGBTI uh, rights? Oh, well, I, I've, I've spoken and written about LGBT rights. It's obviously of close interest to me because I'm gay. Uh, but uh, it's also an important uh, and developing area in human rights law, both domestically and internationally. Mm. Uh, so if you uh, deal with human rights issues, which I do these days, uh, LGBT rights are an integral part of the human rights agenda. Mm. Um, just... Uh just uh, an overall observation. Um, we had a guest on before talking about uh, their fundamental objection to the idea of putting fundamental human rights on uh, uh, to an opinion poll. Uh, would you agree with that? Oh, yes, certainly. Uh, it's a point that's frequently been made. Uh, marriage equality is an issue of human rights, um, and the rights of a minority should not be a question to be decided by the majority. Mm -hmm. um, so... On, on that topic, um, I was kind of interested in what you thought of uh, some of Tony Abbott's rhetoric to do with his support for the no case. He cited freedom of speech and freedom of religion, which are uh, two uh, human rights recognised, uh, I believe, by the UN. Um, but obviously Australia doesn't have a bill or charter of uh, rights. So um, I was a bit confused as to what he was trying to invoke. Uh, well, it, what Tony Abbott is doing is what the religious right generally are doing on this issue of marriage equality, and that is change the subject. No. Uh, they know they can't win the argument by opposing marriage equality uh, for LGBT people, so they are making the issue about something else. Uh, and the something else is freedom of religion and freedom of expression, which Tony Apple was talking about, mm. and political correctness, wherever that is, which he was also discussing. Um, so you can't pin down exactly what he means. Uh, what they, they are trying to do, as I say, is change the subject to uh, issues where they think they might win. Um, and I suppose as well, uh, the marriage equality movement is... Are supposed to, like, in a way, it's trying to work towards the human right of freedom from religion, correct? Um, well, I wouldn't put it that way. Um, the, the question is whether uh, people's religious beliefs uh, should justify them discriminating against people whom their religious creed regards as being um, unnatural or outside the norm. Hmm. Uh, so what we're talking about with freedom of religion is the freedom of people to follow any religion, but also to follow no religion and not impose their religion on other people. So um, I know uh, Dean Smith's uh, bill 
were, tried to ensure quote-unquote religious freedoms by way of um, that churches and things wouldn't be uh, forced to uh, adjudicate uh, same-sex marriages. Is that a form of religious freedom in your mind? Um, yes, I, I think that's legitimate as far as Dean Smith's bill goes. That is, ministers of religion and this new category of religious marriage celebrants mm. uh, shouldn't be forced to do something which they regard as contrary to their religious beliefs, that is, preside over a same-sex marriage. Mm. I think that's legitimate, uh, although some people would disagree. Mm. Uh, the, the more difficult issue is uh, claims that people should be free to refuse services yeah. for same-sex weeding, florists and bakers and so on. So what's your view uh, on that? Dean Smith's bill does not uh, include them. Right, and and what's your uh, personal view on th that issue? Oh well, I think that it, it's correct that uh, religious people, or people whose, whose profession is religion, uh, or people who have deeply conscientious religious beliefs, not should not be forced to conduct same-sex weddings, uh, and that's been true everywhere <coughs> that marriage equality uh, has been uh, has been legislated in the common law world. Uh, but people should not be free to discriminate. Uh, people who uh, provide services uh, for weddings, like florists and makers of wedding cakes, should not be free to discriminate mm. against uh, people uh, who wish to, to participate in a same-sex wedding. So I think that's, that's the dividing line. I was wondering if you could comment more broadly on... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just really interested in the use of the language of human rights, how it can be used in the way to enshrine uh, discriminatory laws. Um, and we see um, freedom of speech is quite often abused to um, to you know, support hate speech and all that sort of thing. What, what's going on with the language of human rights in the world? Because this isn't just uh, exclusive to Australia. Um. I'm not quite sure. Uh, well, uh, let me put it this way. Uh, this is a controversial area, and there are plenty of people who would disagree uh, with uh, giving this um, out to uh, religious people and married, religious marriage celebrants. Uh, because uh, that is, in effect, giving those people a right to discriminate. Um, and I, as a general rule, I would agree with that. But pragmatically, uh, to get marriage equality legislated, uh, it's going to be necessary to put this exception for uh, religious, uh, relig uh, clergymen, clergy people, uh, and religious marriage celebrants. So in other words, it's, it's not so much a legitimate limitation of rights, uh, but more a pragmatic realisation that in order to get marriage equality, we're going to have to compromise on this issue. Mm. Um, and if we were to have a bill or charter of rights, would this, um, w would the case against this uh, postal survey be stronger? Uh, well, the case for marriage equality would be stronger mm -hmm. uh, and it would be more strongly uh, an issue to be decided by Parliament or possibly by the courts. Uh, in the US, for example, it was the guarantee of um, equality under the law which led the Supreme Court to decide mm -hmm. marriage equality was a right in the United States. Um, so uh, in this area... Um, if we had a charter of rights, uh, this and other issues of rights would be much simpler to resolve. Mm. Yeah. Um, um, so uh, Labor and George Williams, they recently said that this um, 
they're trying to legislate against hate speech during the um, postal survey campaign, but they, they're also suggesting that this might weaken the case against uh, the, the High Court case against the uh, postal survey. Would you agree with that? Um, I, I don't think that this would have any relevance to the High Court case. Mm. Uh, goes back to the point you just made. We don't have a Charter of Rights. Uh, and so uh, issues like hate speech, I don't think would bring, have a bearing on the High Court case, uh, which revolves around two issues. Uh, one is whether the Bureau of Statistics uh, can conduct an opinion survey. Uh, and secondly, whether the government can allocate funds for the survey without getting parliamentary approval. Those are the key issues before the High Court. Mm. Uh, the, the hate speech issue is uh, obviously very important, very important from a human rights point of view, but I don't think it would assist the government in the High Court. Do we have um, protections from hate speech, considering we don't have like freedom of speech um, legislation? Uh, well, uh, we do, of course, at the Commonwealth level um, in the Race Discrimination Act, and you'll recall right. the, uh, the vigorous <coughs> argument over Section 18C, mm -hmm. uh, which prevents uh, people uh, engaging in speech which offends, insults or intimidates uh, people on the basis of race. But that's only on the basis of race, mm -hmm. which is rather narrow. Mm. Uh, there are some more protections at the state level, but not at the Commonwealth level. So, um, compared to other countries, um, how is Australia's uh, legislation against hate, hate speech, how does it compare? Uh, well, rather poorly, at least right. at the Commonwealth level. So we only have uh, protection at the national level uh, from hate speech directed at people on the basis of their race. Right. Uh, this is obviously very limited uh, vilification of people on the basis of their sexuality or their political opinions or their religion is not part of Commonwealth legislation. Right. Uh, the, uh, the, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights has a broad prohibition on hate speech in Article 20, and that's reflected in a lot of national charters of rights. But it comes back to this issue, we don't have one. Because mm. um, uh, even though the United States gets uh, invoked a lot about um, freedom of speech, so to speak, uh, they also have um, legislation against hate speech, is that right? Um, the, well, not comprehensive legislation. Right. Um, at the national level in the US, there's no comprehensive legislation forbidding hate speech in relation to sexuality. It's an area where the, uh, the, um, the US at the, the legislative level is, is behind some other states. Um, but uh, again, at the state level in the US, or even at the municipal level because of the, the crazy structure of the United States government, uh, there is protection against hate speech. Uh, but in the area of sexuality, uh, there are very few protections in the US uh, because it's politically controversial. Hmm. Um, do you think the High Court challenge has a good chance of uh, stopping the postal survey in its tracks? Um, I think so, yes. Uh, now, uh, expert opinion is divided. Mm. Constitutional lawyers are hedging their bets. Uh, but I think on the two grounds that I've mentioned, particularly uh, the government's capacity to allocate funding to the opinion survey without parliamentary approval, um, is quite a strong argument, uh, particularly because there's a line of cases where the High Court has made it clear that the, the government cannot spend money without a specific parliamentary appropriation. Right. Uh, 
So attempting to do so, which is what the government is doing, is likely to receive a very negative reaction from the High Court. Mm -hmm. Now, predicting the outcome of High Court cases is uh, is not something that you should do too loosely. Right, right. But it seems to me that the arguments are quite strong. Mm Um, so if it does go ahead, will you be uh, putting yes on the ballot or will you be um, boycotting the, uh, the postal survey? Oh, no, definitely voting yes. Uh, I don't think that a boycott is likely to be um, successful. It's only going to reduce the number of yes votes. Um, so if this opinion survey, which I and many others oppose, mm. does go ahead, I don't think there's really any realistic alternative to embarking on a very strong yes campaign. What, what do you say to those, um, and we had a guest on before, that um, are boycotting it due to like, um, just uh, having a fundamental objection to uh, putting human rights on an opinion poll? Um, what, what, what would you say to those who are thinking of boycotting for those reasons? Oh, I certainly respect that point of view, mm. and, to, and to a large extent I agree with it, both uh, firstly because this is a really rather a shonky exercise, and secondly because of the issue we were talking about a few minutes ago uh, of minority rights being dictated by the majority. Uh, but pragmatically, um, if this gets through the High Court, uh, then it's the only game available to achieve marriage equality uh, until the next election, when if there's a Labor government elected, then we will have marriage equality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, unless you really want to wait two years, I don't think there's any choice uh, but to uh, advocate a yes vote. Um, and do you, do you see uh, the potential dangers in uh, a no victory um, um i was uh, drawing the comparison before with uh, donald trump's victory in america the emboldening of the far right over there uh well no i think that there is a significant risk of a no victory um uh, particularly because of the way that the no case is being advocated by tony abbott and through the australian christian christian lobby and others because they're making a determined effort to change the subject. So it becomes about political correctness and freedom of religion. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and that sort of argument has been successful in other contexts. Um, uh, City of Houston in the US um, failed to pass an anti-discrimination regulation uh, two years ago because the argument became not uh, discrimination, but whether or not uh, but this this issue of uh, people being able to choose which bathroom they use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if the issues are obscured, and that's what the religious right are trying to do, then there is a risk of a no uh, outcome. Uh, Kevin, we're quickly running out of time, but I was just wondering, uh, what can people say to those who are uh, convinced by uh, a no vote? Uh, what can we do to start opening their minds up? Uh, by focusing on the single objective of marriage equality, uh, the, the issue of two people who love each other being able to celebrate their commitment on the same level as uh, a heterosexual couple. And that's what the uh, survey is about, not these other broad issues. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to focus mm-hmm. on. Kevin Borham from the ANU College of Law. Thank you so much for speaking to us on Subject ACT. Thank you. And that's all we have time for today on Subject ACT. You can find us in podcast form on SoundCloud or you can find us on Facebook. Tune in from 8.30am tomorrow. Kim will be in. And enjoy your day and also enjoy the quality programming we have throughout the day on 
Cheetah Blakes, 98.3 FM.